AFR On Demand is brought to you by Breck Golf. Try Beaver Creek today, just 20 minutes from downtown Baton Rouge in the Zachary area. They've got a PGA Tour driving range, a short game practice area, 30 to 40-yard practice shots. It's a great place to chip and putt and practice if you don't have time for a full round. Book your tee time today, golf.breck.org, golf.breck.org. Matt Moscona. I'm very important. After further review. Say one more time. After further review with Matt Moscona. And here we go. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. <laughs> Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. It's AFR, presented by Relief Windows. I'm Matt. Love you, Matt. Paul O'Neill. They're chanting Paul O'Neill's name. Mm, you so. And Mr. Toby Tomplay. Glad you are as well. Get out there and make it a good one. Postseason baseball is upon us. Looking forward to delving deep into that starting today. Uh, Rafe Rhymes will be with us next hour. Uh, Dylan Cruz all of a sudden very much uh, in jeopardy of not breaking a record. We all thought that he would certainly break this year. That's Rafe Rhymes' single season uh, batting average record of 431. Dylan presently at 428, so actually work to do the rest of the way if he's going to break Rafe's record. So we'll talk about it with Rafe a little more than an hour from right now. Um, in 15 minutes, we'll talk some LSU football. Mason Smith fully cleared, and the analysts leaving the LSU staff, so a lot to get to. We'll delve into all of it. All right, um, a lot to cover with LSU baseball. Uh, they win two out of three of the Georgia series. We were here on Friday, and we were able to recap Paul Skeens' great night. Um, and then, the, of course, the extra inning dramatic win for the Tigers in 12 on Thursday. And then Friday was magnificent because Friday was just a very relaxing, easy Friday night where we got to watch Ty Floyd shove and we watched LSU win 8-4 to four, and we got to watch the bullpen uh, not really be challenged at all and we got to see just a very, very easy, wonderful, relaxing Friday night of baseball and LSU wins the series, and everybody felt fantastic about it. And Tigers go into Saturday with a chance to win the SEC. They need a little help. Now they're going to need to win the game on Friday, on Saturday and then have uh, Vanderbilt beat Arkansas. Vandy, if you missed it, rallied on Friday from down 8-2 to two to beat Arkansas 10-8, to eight, which set up uh, all of the dramatics there for the final day of the regular season. And uh, Vandy did the deed. Uh, Vandy beat Arkansas, and... Had LSU been able to beat Georgia in Game 3, Tigers would have won the SEC. But it's hard to say that it strictly came down to that. We could also say, had LSU not blown a 13-4 lead against Mississippi State on on Mother's Day, they would have won the league. Had they not blown an eighth-inning lead against Texas A&M back on the opening weekend, they would have won the league as well. But 
It's why you you play 30 games, or in LSU's case, 29. And this is the way that it kind of all shaped out for LSU. And um, the Tigers finished the regular season in really good shape. Uh, when you look at their resume right now, you were talking about a team that is uh, top five in the RPI, that has 19 conference wins, that has 17 quad one wins. Um, you finished third in the SEC. General assumption is the league is going to get four national seeds. LSU finished third in the league. Um, Florida and Arkansas ahead of them. You would assume LSU is a very safe bet right now to be a national seed. And it's hard to imagine anything happening in Hoover that would change that. It, I, I literally can't even imagine a scenario that could unfold over, um, over the next week in Hoover that would change LSU being a national seed. And it would not only be LSU, it would have to be somebody else uh, having a magnificent week in their conference tournament. And I just can't see that scenario. So really the only question for LSU right now is where among the national seeds do they end up? And how does that draw look? So all things considered, very, very good for LSU uh, coming out of this weekend as LSU um, has more than likely locked up a national seed. They'll have a bye at the SEC tournament. I, I also really like the fact that LSU is going to play the first day, uh, the first game of the day on Wednesday at 9.30. There's something to be said for playing the 9.30 game and maybe that being too early and people not liking it. Selfishly, I love it because uh, this show is not going to be impacted at all by the game. Because last week, both Thursday and Friday, our 5 o'clock hour was because we were head up against LSU. So I love the fact that LSU's game will be over on Wednesday. We'll be able to talk about it Wednesday afternoon. That's the selfish part of it. The, the benefit, the true benefit of playing the first game of the day is you know your start time. Like we've all watched this tournament enough over the years to know what happens. There's rain in Hoover. There's games that last four hours and go extra innings. And if you play the last game of the day, sometimes you end up not throwing out the first pitch until 10 o'clock at night. And you play until the wee hours of the morning. We've all seen the weird things that happen in Hoover. So the fact that you play at 930, you know, you know when you are playing. You know exactly what time first pitch is and when you are going to start. So there's a benefit to that as opposed to showing up at the ballpark thinking your game's at 3 o'clock and you don't actually play until 6 uh, because of rain delays or whatever may happen, and then you're just sitting around the ballpark in Hoover, you know, waiting to play. So there's pros and cons to everything. A lot of times in postseason baseball, you don't get to dictate terms, where you play, when you play, all that sort of stuff. What dugout you're in, you have to adjust, and the good teams do when they make it through the postseason, and those are the ones that win in the postseason. So uh, it'll all get started for LSU with a 9.30 a.m. first pitch on Wednesday there in Hoover against the winner of Georgia and um Georgia and South Carolina. Um, a lot of people have asked, who would you rather play? Uh, for me, I think I'd rather play Georgia. Um, South Carolina, while they have slumped, I think their offense has shown that they're, they're potent enough to kind of get off a little bit. Uh, I don't expect LSU to pitch Paul Skeens on Wednesday. That would be foolish to bring Paul Skeens back on short rest after pitching Thursday against Georgia, then bring him back on a Wednesday. Um, it would stand to reason you would just keep Skeens on his... You know you're going to get two games. You keep Skeens on his routine, so he pitches Thursday uh, there in Hoover. So you probably approach Wednesday like a midweek. You know, it's either Thatcher Hurd or, or Blake Money who would get the start for you, and you treat Wednesday kind of like a midweek. So it'll be interesting to see what Georgia... 
and South Carolina do, how they manage their pitching staffs in that first game. Uh, if they treat it like a midweek, if they treat it like a one-off, if they throw their best option, I, I don't know that's their problem. But I think I'd rather play Georgia because they just don't have a true front-line arm. So give me the option of playing maybe a, a Georgia squad that that has a depleted pitching staff that you just saw and had success against. So that's that's probably the... If I had to pick how I'd like to see it go, that's probably what I would like to see. So uh, we'll all be watching. The SC tournament will begin on Tuesday. If you're not familiar with how it goes, Tuesday is single elimination. So eight teams will play on Tuesday, four games. You win, you advance into the double elimination portion. You lose, you're done. So um, LSU gets the, the top four teams get to bypass the single elimination, move right into the double elimination portion. So Tigers are guaranteed at least two games in Hoover. They'll play Wednesday and Thursday, and we know they'll play at 9.30 in the morning on Wednesday. All right, it is after further review. We also got to see um, league awards announced today. So Dylan Cruz for the second consecutive year, SEC Player of the Year. Paul Skeens, SEC Pitcher of the Year. Tommy White was named first team All-SEC. So uh, And uh, uh, Bear Jones was named freshman All-SEC. So uh, congrats to the guys for the honor. Certainly deserved. No surprise with Cruz or Skeens as those were you know, foregone conclusions. I think the only real question now is um, who's going to win the uh, the Golden Spikes? It's going to be one of those guys. It's either going to be Cruz or Skeens. Which one is it? Uh, we'll wait and see as the season uh, comes to an end and all the award uh, rubber chicken circuit goes on around. But uh, the first step for those guys, which was an obvi obvious one, Dylan Cruz, SEC Player of the Year, Paul Skeens, SEC Pitcher of the Year. All right, it's after further review. Our Monday shows here are brought to you by Relief Windows and ReliefWindows.com. Windows door siding, Relief Windows and ReliefWindows.com. I forgot, we always start the show by doing this. It's time to pop the top on another edition of AFR with Bud Light. Drink easy. Damn, you should help me out a little bit, dog. <laughs> I totally just whipped on it, bro. I forgot to. Yeah. Nice we got to get used nice to it. Nice job. We got to get used <laughs> to it. Thanks, wingman. Yeah. Really appreciate that one. Uh, no, it's all good, but we appreciate our friends at Bud Light. It was actually at, um, at Smoke Em If You Got Em yesterday. Clay Young's awesome event that we've talked about a good bit. Of course, our friends at Mockler Beverage were, uh, were the beer sponsor. You know, you think about it, man. They just, for four decades, uh, Mockler has been so ingrained in our community. I, any charity event you go to, uh, chances are you've seen the Bud Light trucks, and that's our friends at Mockler that have just been great community partners every organization really in our city uh the amount of requests they get on a daily basis is incredible and they accommodate as many if not all of them that they can so we always appreciate our friends at mockler beverage bud light drink easy lots of bud lights flowing yesterday at smoke them if you got them a great great um charitable uh event benefiting our our military and uh you know the uh uh the military trust uh, for the green berets which was a really cool cool event to be at yesterday so uh, all right, it's after further review. We'll knock out a quick break. We'll come back, talk a little football. Mason Smith announces that he has been cleared and an LSU football staff member is leaving town. We'll talk about it when we continue next here on AFR. AFR. AFR is brought to you by the Renaissance Hotel, Blue Bonnet in Baton Rouge. As we start a new week and we head toward a holiday weekend, remember if you've got family coming in town, tell them about the Renaissance Hotel, but more importantly... If you're trying to plan that next event, summer or for the fall time, make sure you go check out the Renaissance Hotel. Uh, Allison, events coordinator, does an amazing job over at the Renaissance Hotel, and she always says, hey, we're in the business of saying yes for your next event, whatever it may be. You're trying to host a, a wedding reception, we can do it. 
If you're trying to host a, an award ceremony for your business, they can do it. If it's a sorority or fraternity formal, they can do it at the Renaissance Hotel. Board meetings that can accommodate a dozen people and board rooms that can accommodate a dozen up to their grand ballroom, which can accommodate more than 500 people. It's at the Renaissance Hotel, and it's right there on Blue Bonnet near I-10, right in the center of Baton Rouge. Learn more today. Contact our friends over at the Renaissance Hotel. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows, Doors, Siding. Call 288-8138 or visit reliefwindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. We're glad to have you aboard with us here. If you missed it on Friday, a little programming announcement for our our Baton Rouge audience. Understand we got our New Orleans and Alexandria affiliate, of course, our TV affiliate as well with WBTR. But uh, on Monday, a week from today, uh, Jimmy Ott, Charles Hanegriff returned to the middays uh, live at lunch with Ott and Hanny weekdays 11 to 1. Uh, it was a long explanation of why the the rundown went the way that it did for as long as it did whatever. But bottom line is, starting on a week from today, Memorial Day, Ott and Hanny live at lunch with Ott and Hanny uh, 11 to 1 back in their midday spot, uh, spot because game time with Jimmy Ott will no longer be on from 6 to 8 p.m. Chuck Oliver, if you're in Baton Rouge, Chuck Oliver show will move up. That's from 8 to 10 to the 6 to 8 slot. So we'll just bump them up two hours. So we'll look forward to that starting a week from today. Uh, Mason Smith, LSU defensive lineman, uh, took to social media today and shared some great news with LSU fans that he has been fully cleared for return to action, uh, sharing that on his Instagram and other social media. So uh, find uh, it... Um, Posted on his uh, on his Instagram, the takeover begins. Fully cleared with a uh, an image there of Mason Smith in a locker room with his uh, his headphones on. So that's fantastic news. Not in any way unexpected. We all knew that Mason Smith was trending toward this, and even during spring, there were times where he was doing some individual drills with the defensive lineman, which we didn't expect to see. But the fantastic news here is, of course. You're coming off an ACL. You never know just how long that's going to take people to recover from. Some can recover earlier than others or faster than others. I think about you know Joe Burrow, of course, tearing his ACL late in, the, in his rookie season with uh, Cincinnati. And so, by his own admission, didn't really feel 100%, even though he was there from the start of the season, until after their bye that he really felt like he was humming and, of course, led him to the Super Bowl that year. But for Mason Smith, this means now he'll go into all the offseason workouts 100% ready to roll headed toward fall camp, which is just uh, fantastic to see. And look, Matt House you know, talked last year in fall camp about the expectation he had for Mason Smith in that sophomore season that we never really got to see. The one thing that you can't, I mean, when you have a, any type of dominant, dominant defensive lineman, it covers up for mistakes. And it covers up for mistakes that you make as a play caller, right? Great players sometimes overcome coaching, right? And... Uh, he he's a guy along with some other ones that being dominant up front helps you. And anytime you can change the line of scrimmage, that's disruptive to the offense. And not just in the pass game. We get so caught up in defensive linemen applying pressure to the quarterback. And although that's incredibly important in college football, it still comes down to whipping the guy across from you in the run game. So Matt House last fall was talking about Mason Smith like that and how it covers up so many mistakes. And then you lose that guy 
on the first defensive series, and you really lose any semblance of a rotation that you had. Well, you're going to get that back now with with Mason Smith, you know, back in uh, back in the fold. You know, it, it's interesting here of late. We've been talking a lot about Brian Brzee, who the Saints drafted, and there are so many similarities between Mason Smith and and Brian Brzee. Both were you know, like the number one defensive player in the country. You know, coming out of um, uh, coming out of high school. You know, both are very similar sizes as well, just very physically imposing human. You know, Brzee is you know, 6'5", 200, or, or you know, 300 pounds. It's it's very similar when you look at Mason Smith, the way they're, that they're listed. Brzee is formally listed at, uh, at 6'5". I think 303 is where they list him. But you're talking about two dudes that are very similar in size and stature, number one defensive lineman, you know, played you know, freshman seasons. Brzee had 23 tackles, four sacks. Mason Smith had 19 tackles, four sacks, and then both suffered the torn ACL in their sophomore year that cost them the bulk of the season. Smith played just one series. Brzee played in just four games. They missed the bulk of that season. Brzee came back for his junior year and had a bit of a of an up-and-down season. We know he went through some personal tragedy, obviously, with the loss of his sister. You know, Illness as well, which took him away. He ended up playing in just 10 games. We hope that we get to see more of Mason Smith this year than we saw of Brzee in his junior year. But the potential there, the physical ability, the physicality, the ability to disrupt an offense from the interior or moving to the outside, it, they're very, very similar, even to the point where their their statistics, their freshman season, were almost identical. We didn't get to see a full manifestation of Brzee's junior year. Let's see what we can get from Mason Smith. By the way, this is what Brian Kelly had to say this spring about Mason Smith impacting this defense's pass rush. Look, I mean, we had great edge presence last year, right? It was pretty obvious with Harold and BJ. But you could fan one side and, and chip or move the back to the other because we didn't have a great inside pass presence, pass rush presence. Now you put Mason to the inside. If you do that this year, I don't know how many sacks he'll have. He, you can't single block him. We couldn't. So when you start to fan to him, you know, and when I say fan, when you start to move the center to him or use a back inside, now you're going to leave our edge players one-on-one -on -one and, you know, we'll have a really good balanced pass rush. So he, he brings that presence, which we didn't have last year. Yeah, you did not have much of an interior pass rush a year ago. Harold Perkins led you with seven and a half sacks from the outside. B.J. Ojolari, five and a half. Savion Jones, four and a half. Makai Wingo was your leader among interior players with three sacks on the season. And that was really it among defensive tackles. Jaqueline Roy had a half a sack. So you 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 generated pressure, but you did it from the edge with BJ Ojalari, with Harold Perkins, with Savion Jones, with Ali Gay. You you didn't generate it at all from the interior. And that's what they're saying. That's what he's saying. Mason Smith is going to bring. So well, I know we're all excited about it. we got plenty of time to talk about Mason Smith's return, but just a, a formal announcement today of him being fully cleared is just a huge step. So now you know you're not waiting for him to be cleared sometime in fall camp. He's cleared now, which means he can go through all the summer activities. And when you start fall camp, he's sprinting full go, no limitations, which is just awesome to see as you ramp up for a, just a critical opener against Florida State down in Orlando. All right, it's after further review brought to you by South Point Volkswagen, southpointvw.com. By the way, um, one of the coaches, one of the people coaching Mason Smith 
is someone who's not going to be coaching Mason Smith after all. I'll get to that in just a second. Reminds you about South Point Volkswagen, Louisiana's largest volume Volkswagen dealer, airline just north of Highland, online at southpointvw.com, southpointvw.com. That's South Point Volkswagen. As a matter of fact, whatever that you may need as well, of course, they can help if it's new or certified pre-owned. Um, if you're shopping certified pre-owned, highly recommend that you check out the Volkswagen line as well because at South Point Volkswagen, Kerry Manuel does an awesome job. All different makes and models of certified pre-owned. Again, they sell more new Volkswagens than anybody. So if you go to South Point Volkswagen, you buy a new car, you trade in your old vehicle, well, they got a great a great selection of certified pre-owns at South Point Volkswagen. Airline just north of Highlander, southpointvw.com. South Point Volkswagen, what's your direction? Um, we got news on Monday that LSU defensive analyst Gerald Chapman is leaving LSU to take the defensive line coach job at Tulane. Uh, Matt Zanitz of On3 had the news first. Um, let's, let's kind of follow this a little bit here and connect the dots if you missed it. So, of course, Jamar Kane was LSU's defensive line coach this past year. And in the middle of spring, uh, Jamar Kane left LSU to go be Sean Payton's defensive line coach with the Denver Broncos. Uh, before LSU could hire a full-time defensive line coach, they're in the middle of spring, Brian Kelly promoted Gerald Chapman to be um, the defensive line coach. Here was Brian Kelly in spring talking about Gerald Chapman taking over as line coach. You know, Coach Chapman, uh, as, you, as you know, is, is a, a well-credentialed, experienced uh, defensive line coach. So, you know, obviously he's coaching, you know, the, the interior defensive lineman uh, during the spring. We feel great about that. And then Coach Jancic is, is coaching the Jack. So from that perspective, you know, we'll go through the spring. So the other thing Kelly also mentioned, and I mean, this is, so you wonder why Gerald Chapman would leave LSU. I mean, this is why. So, Brian Kelly also in spring talked about Chapman being a candidate for the job. Yeah, we wanted to get through the spring. You know, we feel like we're in a great situation uh, with Gerald Chapman, you know, on staff. So there was no, like, rush. We've got to go find a defensive line coach. He'll be a candidate for the position as well. So this is the um, – so Gerald Chapman followed a pretty bizarre timeline. So follow me here. So Gerald Chapman was in Baton Rouge in 2021. Uh, Ed Ogeron's last season. He was on staff as a defensive analyst. He leaves LSU after the 21 season. He was not retained by Brian Kelly. He goes to Tulane. Well, before he even coaches at Tulane, he's hired at Colorado to be their defensive line coach. Well, when Carl Durrell was fired at Tulane, or excuse me, at, at Colorado as the defensive coordinator, Chapman was promoted to interim defensive coordinator. So he goes, he, he's at LSU in 21. That offseason, he leaves for Tulane. Before he coaches at Tulane, he leaves for Colorado. He's the defensive line coach at Colorado. Carl, Carl Durrell's fired. Chapman becomes the interim defensive coordinator at Colorado. They hire Deion Sanders. Chapman is not retained. He goes back to LSU as an analyst. Now, he Jamar Kane leaves. He's promoted to interim defensive line coach. Well, ultimately, Brian Kelly hires Jimmy Lindsay to be the defensive line coach. So Chapman was going to be relegated to being a an analyst for another season or for this season, which was the role he was hired to be in. Just he thought he'd have a chance maybe to be elevated. And then Tulane comes in and says, hey, you want to run it back? 
and be our defensive line coach. So Chapman's leaving LSU now to go be the um, the defensive line coach at Tulane. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had Pete Jenkins on the show, and he he raved about Gerald Chapman, um, kind of from that school, that old school of coaching interior defensive linemen. But so so is Jimmy Lindsey. And remember, Matt House and Jimmy Lindsey have history together. That's the defensive line coach that LSU hired. Jimmy Lindsey and Matt House worked together at Gardner-Webb in 2005. So they've got some synergies and some history. And that was the thing that Pete Jenkins really stressed to us when we talked about it was last year with Jamar Cain, and Jamar Cain's a great defensive line coach. He and Matt House just have a different way of doing things. And like continuity on staff matters. You know, Having everybody, if you're the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, having everybody on your staff aligned with how you want things done and taught matters. So Jamar Cain leaving, this was Coach Pete's um, theory, would actually be sort of an upgrade for LSU because you're going to bring in someone who knows Matt House's expectations so everyone's just more aligned. Um, and and that's, that's Jimmy Lindsay, so that means Gerald Chapman is kind of on the, the outside looking in. But you understand if you're, you know, if you're LSU, if you're Brian Kelly, why Gerald Chapman is going to leave. He's going to leave to go have an on-field coaching opportunity you know, you went through spring and he stepped up and had an on-field opportunity. Brian Kelly said he was going to be considered for it and for the full-time job. And ultimately, they went a different direction and hired Jimmy Lindsay. So Gerald Chapman leaves and goes to Tulane. So Gerald Chapman uh, spends just four months in Baton Rouge in his second, second stint uh, is now is headed to Tulane to be their on-field defensive line coach. So Brian Kelly down an analyst on his defensive staff. All right, it's after further review. We're glad you're hanging out with us here. Monday show is brought to you by Relief Windows. Let me knock out a quick break. We'll come back, go around the SEC. A Smiley Kaufman, former LSU Tiger golfer, will join us here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk a little PGA and uh, what Smiley's got going on now. Dude's turned himself into a media mogul. It's pretty cool to see. That's next. Stick around. It's AFR. AFR. Get Gordon and get it done. A lot of you may know that uh, that my little boy, Drew, um, played in the, uh, the Miracle League this past year, actually the last two seasons. Well, a couple of weeks back over at Miracle League, a lot of the, the G-team athletes uh, were out at Miracle League. Dylan Cruz was out there, uh, Trey Morgan, Gavin Dugas, Gavin Guidry, uh, Shelton Sampson. So really cool to see. You know, we talk about Gordon McKernan and getting the G-team together and all of his, uh, his Get Gordon athletes. And what you've seen is so many of these guys who are not just having an NIL opportunity to make money, but actually impact their community. So it's a really cool thing to go hang out and uh, you know, befriend these special needs children out there, the Miracle League, which is just a, an awesome event if you've never been out to one of the games. But another way that Gordon has always you know, made his presence felt, if you go out to the Miracle League, you'll see the, the Gordon McKernan sign as a sponsor on the wall. And it's a great way that they continue to positively impact the community. You know what to do. Get Gordon and get it done. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows Doors Sighting. Call 288-8138 or visit reliefwindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. Uh, so Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball tweeted yesterday that uh, Southeastern, who's the first to break the news, that Southeastern had fired head baseball coach Matt Reiser, had spent a decade there in Hammond at the head of, helm of the Lions program after uh, J.R. Teagues had left coaching to become the athletic director there at Southeastern. He handpicked Riser to be his replacement. 
Riser made uh, postseason play, made regionals the first couple of years there, uh, made a couple since. Actually, they were in uh, regionals a year ago uh, as well. So it came as a surprise to a lot of people, uh, to me included. Uh, Matt Riser's always been very kind to us. He's been generous with his time. He's come on the show whenever we've asked. Um, but as I made uh, some calls around the Hammond area and around the Southeastern program, um, what became pretty clear to me was that um, – this this wasn't necessarily a surprise uh, internally there. Um, I think outside looking in, we look at a, a mid-major program and you realize that uh, by and large, if you're going to earn a regional bid, you got to win your league and that's just not going to happen every year. And so to, to make a handful of uh, regional appearances over the course of a decade seemed seemed really good. But when you dig a little deeper... The last five years, it just hasn't been good enough. Southeastern has, you know, for, in that league, budget, facilities, they're kind of at the top of that league. So, um, you know, this past year, 19 and 25, they were sub-500. Uh, the last four years... They're 87 and 90. So three games under 500 over the last four years. And over the last five years, 120 and 117. So just three games over 500 in the last five seasons. And they've had a losing record three of the last four years. So I do understand that outside looking in, why it's a surprise. But I was also told they were able to raise that buyout money in less than a week. Just complete, completely from you know, outside donations from donors so um there's just there's a lot of expectations on that program you know who's next will be interesting uh one name i've heard earlier it's kind of mentioned a little bit is justin hill who's done a great job at mcneese you know, could he potentially leave mcneese to go to southeastern maybe you know we'll see how it all plays out but um yeah matt riser i thought did a good job while he was there again i, I he was very very kind to us but there's there's expectations, and they've basically been a, a 500 program over the last five years, and that's just apparently not good enough there uh, in Hammond. So Matt Reiser out as the uh, head coach of the Southeastern Lions. All right, it's after further review. Um, brought to you by Traction, tractionsports.com. A couple things to always remind you about, of course, Traction PT. You know, If you've been injured, maybe you're coming back from surgery, you're trying to avoid surgery, you want some PT, uh, Traction Physical Therapy, you get to choose where you go for physical therapy. One of the really cool things that they that they, that I saw over at Traction was um, there's a defensive back from the Green Bay Packers who had a, a lower leg. It was a broken leg, and there was a, a young like elementary school football player who had the exact same injury. So they had a side by side of this this young you know a young kid playing uh, you know, junior league football and this player with the Green Bay Packers who was you know the Packers organization sent him here to Traction to, to rehab. Um, and they, they took pictures side by side, like comparing their scars. It's a pretty cool picture. But anyway, um, if you want to play, get back to playing golf or if you swim or if you play pickleball or tennis or whatever it is, you want to get back in the game. If you run, you have an active lifestyle and you need PT, get by Traction Physical Therapy right there on the Traction campus. And of course, all the things we talk about, summer baseball camp, registration's open now, summer baseball league. If you want to, your son, ages three and up, want to play summer baseball, registering right now. It's all at TractionSports.com. TractionSports.com. Traction where champions are made. Smiley Kaufman in less than 10 minutes from right now. Right now, let's go around the SEC. Around the SEC. Presented by Gulf Coast Office Products. Excellence in imaging solutions. The Auburn Tigers. 
Auburn added its 21st commit from the transfer portal over the weekend. New Mexico State transfer defensive back Cyrus Dumas committed to Auburn. The 42nd new player to enter the Auburn program since Hugh Freeze took over. The ninth player in the second portal window. Two seasons at New Mexico State started his career at Independence Community College in Kansas. The Ole Miss Rebels. Tight end prospect. Excuse me. Uh... Cameron Beavers has committed to Ole Miss. Four-star defensive lineman out of Mississippi committed to the Rebs on Sunday evening. 6'3", 260, the number 17 defensive lineman, number four prospect out of the state of Mississippi for the 2024 class. Chose Ole Miss over Bama, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and a host of others. The Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Tight end prospect Colton Heinrich out of the state of Florida has committed to Georgia. He's a three-star I had offers also, I'm sorry, I had official visits planned to Bama, North Carolina, Ohio State. He's canceled those visits. He's committed to Georgia. First tight end prospect for the class of 24, the 14th commit for the cycle, the fourth from the state of Florida. He's a 6'3", 232-pound tight end, the 30th best tight end in the country. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. Star big man Tolu Smith is withdrawn from the NBA draft. He will return to Starkville for a super senior season, a sixth season of college basketball spent one year at western kentucky transferred to mississippi state this last year averaged 15 and 8 6 11 245 was first team all sec the vanderbilt commodores vandy's landed a transfer basketball commit from 6 8 south dakota forward tassos Kamateros. yes tassos Kamateros. he's from athens greece what is it with like? Does yeah, Jerry Stackhouse I, just look for guys with weird names? He must. That's a good one though. Ta- Tassos, Comateros, Comateros, Katsopoulos. <laughs> Have mercy. Uh, thirty-one games played, thirty starts for the Coyotes last year. Did you know that South Dakota were the Coyotes? I did not actually know. Yeah. I knew South Dakota State was the Jackrabbits, but not, it's not who not, we're talking yeah. about. The South Dakota Coyotes. Didn't know that. Uh, Tassos Comateros. He's going to Vandy. The Kentucky Wildcats. Longtime NBA assistant coach John Welch is joining John Calipari's staff. Served in his, as an assistant in the NBA for the last 20 years. 10 years as a collegiate assistant prior to going into the NBA. Worked for the Clippers, Kings, Nets, Nuggets, and Grizzlies. There you have it. That is around the SEC. Presented by Gulf Coast Office Products. Shout out to our guy Trey Beal and our friends at Gulf Coast Office Products online at gcopnet.com. gcopnet.com for Gulf Coast Office Products. Face-to-face sales service after the sale. That's what you get at Gulf Coast Office Products, the official office equipment provider of the LSU Tigers, the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the ULL Raging Cajuns. All right, y'all, it's after further review. Rafe Rhymes will be with us here in about 30 minutes from right now. Looking forward to talking to Rafe about the Rafe Muta Triangle, a uh, place he visited often when he at 431 back in 2012. Dylan Cruz has him in his sights. So we'll talk with that uh, with Rafe about that about 30 minutes from right now. When we come back, former Tiger great Smiley Kaufman joins us. The PGA Championship's in the book. And Smiley's got a lot going on, man. I'm excited to have our guy jump back aboard with us. We'll do it next on AFR. AFR. Brought to you by Rouse's, the official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. Get to Rouse's.com, Rouse's.com. Remember, graduation season is upon us. If you're having that graduation party and you want that cake for the grad in your life, 
You can get it over at the Rouse's Bakery. Go to Rouse's.com to learn more. It's right there on the homepage. It just says graduation cakes. You can't miss it. It's literally right there. Gift cards are a great option as well for that grad on your list because if they're going to be moving out and living on their own, they're going to be shopping for their own groceries. You can help them out a little bit with a Rouse's gift card. Get to Rouse's.com, Rouse's.com. You can always get the weekly ad as well. So if you're wondering what specials they may have going on, it's right there at Rouse's.com. How about this? Chicken drumsticks or thighs, 88 cents a pound. Are you kidding me? You get it right now at Rouse's. Rouse's is the official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. If you want dinner plans tonight, Rouse's can always help you out. Grab-and-go dinner options for the whole family. It's at Rouse's. The official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints, Rouse's.com. After further review with Matt Moscona, presented by Relief Windows, Windows, Doors, Siding, call 288-8138 or visit ReliefWindows.com. ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria. He's all the way back. Kepka conquers the PGA at Oak Hill. It's out sounded on CBS. Of course, Jim Nance on the call. As uh, Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship, that's his fifth major championship of his career. We good? Okay, uh, we got Smiley Kaufman with us here. Sorry, I didn't know if he called back yet. All right, so Smiley Kaufman joins us, of course, NBC, Golf Channel, former LSU golfer, guy who, of course, is a PGA Tour winner and uh, all-around awesome guest. Love talking to Smiley. How are you, dude? What's up, my man? Uh, uh, I am all good. Uh, just hanging out. What's the word? I love to hear it, man. Uh, but I want to get to PJ in a second. I want to talk about you first, though, real quick. I, I know that you've launched your own show now, The Smiley Show, which I love, by the way. Um, I love seeing you on the broadcast. It looks like you're crushing it, man. I, tell me what's good with you. I'm sure everyone here would, would rather hear about that probably to start. No, man, it's been good. Uh, uh, it's actually a year ago is when I... Uh, got into uh, broadcasting for the first time with the PGA Championship, uh, getting a shot uh, with ESPN Plus, and then kind of parlayed that into now being uh, on the call for NBC and Golf Channel. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, during that time, kind of had some time to work on uh, watching the Smiley Show um, in partnership with uh, Sirius XM. And uh, it's been so far, we're a weekend. And it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a, a little bit of work, but also I've had two awesome guests. I uh, Alabama Crimson Tide, Justin Thomas, that nobody probably in Baton Rouge wants to hear, <laughs> but I followed it up with Sam Burns, yes. LSU Tigers. So, I mean, you can't be too upset. So uh, it was a really good conversation with Sam. We talked uh, favorite Baton Rouge bars, the favorite uh game uh, you've ever been to in uh in tiger stadium so there were some good lsu questions in there as well uh it's the smiley show serious xm podcast and i i've seen a lot of the short form vertical you've done as well if it's tiktok or instagram a lot of different places so make sure you're subscribed up uh, on your favorite podcast app um uh it's, it's just the smiley show s-m-y-l-i-e if you want to go check it out hey man uh brooks kepka back from the surgery could could you have seen this coming this week this weekend uh, yeah, I think after what what you saw uh, in Augusta at the Masters, 
with how well Brooks played. You know, he didn't get the job done. John Rom just kind of took it from him. Played really good golf and and uh, and won the green jacket. Really, anytime you see Brooks Kepka on near the, you really felt like either or was going to make their move and overtake Kepka. Uh, it really felt kind of like Victor Hovland was was definitely going to make Brooks Kepka earn it. Uh, Brooks Kepka was not going to just uh, waltz his way and uh, to uh, the Wanamaker Trophy. He was going to have to earn it, and and he did. It's kind of weird that that Brooks Kepka seemed to win it by two guys making the same mistake on the 16th hole from legitimately the same spot, uh, hitting a ball that didn't get over the edge of the uh, fairway bunker, trying to hit a eight iron or so into the green. But they both embedded it, uh, being Victor Hovland and Corey Connors the day before. It just was it was very odd. You just don't see typically the same uh, pro make the same mistake from a spot that was basically the same. So it was kind of wild. Um, Smiley Kaufman is with us. So for Brooks Kepka, this is his third PGA championship. And I, I was reading, he's only the third player to win the PGA at least three times since it became stroke play back in 1958. Only Jack and Tiger have done that. That's pretty incredible company. Uh, to what do you attribute that? Like, why is this event so suited for Brooks Kepka? Uh Man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think it's major championships in general. Uh, I mean, shoot, dude, the last five, six years, what he's been able to do in majors has been insane. Uh, he's, he's, uh, in that company you're talking about, he's the, you know, he's the third player and the short player to win the PGA three times. The other two, Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. And, and that's the conversations that, that we're starting to have about Brooks Kepka is he's won five majors. He's only the 20th uh, player to do so. It's it's elite. It's elite companies is where he's heading and, and where he already is. I mean, does the fact that he's... I look at lots of made the fact that he's a live golfer who won a major now for the first time since live. Like, it, to you, to the guys on tour, like, does that matter? How Or how much does that matter? I think because it's Brooks, it doesn't matter, matter nearly as much. Or, for instance, if it was Dustin Johnson, I don't think any of the guys really feel like either one of those two guys went out, you know, with their head out the window, screaming, yelling on the way out between the two of them, they took their money. They went and played and, you know, really Dustin, I don't know if he got tired of playing the PJ tour. He's like, you know what? They're offering me this amount of money. Um, I've had a great career. I'm still going to be playing in all the majors. It's like, whatever. And that's kind of what Brooks, I think the same with Brooks Kepka besides the fact that I think one that he was able to get his younger brother, Chase Kepka, I think into uh, the live golf format, which he's a guy that really could not get any traction in pro golf. And now he's making uh, millions of dollars where before he's traveling a mini tour event, mini tour event. I saw Brooks, maybe that was an Avenue that he looked at. Uh, I was like, all right, I can help my brother out. I've already, I'm already going to be playing in the majors and I don't really play that well on the PGA tour. I say that in the fact that, He's an elite major player, but the PGA Tour, he never he never won as much as, as he should have, or it just didn't seem that he cared quite as much. The majors for him is what he shows up for, and that's what he plays well in. Yes, Smiley Kaufman. Um, do you miss it? Do you miss playing? Uh, not really. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've, you. 
No, I, man. It's awesome. I, uh, I've, I've loved being a part of the game and man, just the, the grind of, of, of playing. I, I, I really do enjoy that aspect of, of, you know, improvement, uh, getting better, um, hitting shots that you practice that you're able to pull off the competition. I, I, I do the, the gratification of working hard and getting uh, rewarded for your hard work is something I'll miss, but at the same time, I get to stay in the game of golf and I still can work hard. And it's just a different avenue of having success. And uh, I love working, uh, working my tail off or whatever I do. So it, I can still stay in golf, which is it's been fun. Maybe. Make sure you're subscribed up to The Smiley Show wherever you get your podcast. I got less than a minute. Uh, LSU baseball, give me a projection. All right, how far do they make it? Oh, man. I, I just I just hope we can get to Omaha. It just would be a shame to not see Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan, those guys that have been such great players for LSU, not to get there. Uh, I would, I'd hope we get there. Though. I just get so concerned about uh, the pitching, but I did see some pretty good stuff last weekend. Um, I've watched pretty much every game, so I, 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 we know. I know we have the offense. It's all going to be about uh, the pitching for us. So we'll just have to see. We, we do have the best pitcher. Just can we get everybody yeah. else kind of round into form? Smiley, you're the best man. I got to run. We'll talk again soon. All right, bro. See you, man. See you next time. Bye. Fr. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.